What you just heard was Interlude by Danimal Cannon. This episode's uh, featured artist. Huge shout out to him. Um, one of my favorite uh, Chiptune artists ever. I was super excited when he gave us permission to use music uh, from him in this podcast. So yeah, Danimal Cannon, links in the description. As this is our first episode, it would be appropriate to talk about our sections. We'll have a chiptune break between sections like the one you just listened in every episode to share with you some of the best music in the genre. In our section One Bit Gizmos, we'll be discussing One Bit hardware and other trinkets closely related to the One Bit aesthetic. For One Bit tools, We'll be discussing pieces of software which allow for the creation of 1-bit games, pixel art or chiptune. And of course, our 1-minute review section, in which we'll discuss our favorite 1-bit games. Those are the standard sections of our show, but sometimes we'll also have interviews and discussions of other relevant topics, so stay tuned. Huge shout out to Gvolver Digital Forkcast. Um, we've been in contact lately. I think I'm the Devolver CEO now. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Soulja Boy is of Atari. No, but seriously, shout out to Gvolver Forkcast. It's likely that uh, if they're cooking up some one bit games there, we'll get to try them. So let's hear the feedback from the community. First, here's Coding Panic, who says, just subscribe on Pocket Casts. Can't wait to hear it. So glad you are excited. Coding Panic, by the way, is from the Panic team, the ones developing the Playdate. So that's really cool indeed. And next, Undercover33 says, I subscribed and listened to your first podcast. I can't wait for more. And yeah, we're also very excited for everything coming up. Stay tuned. And now, Jay and I discuss everything about Playdate and Bitsy. <laughs> Recording is on. Hello, everyone. This is One Bit Wonders, your podcast for everything One Bit. And today with me is Jay. Jay, how are you doing? Hello, T. I'm doing all right. I want to talk about some delicious one-bit wonder stuff. Yeah. Um, first of all, we'll cover the one-bit gizmo of this episode, which is Playdate. Um, so what did you think about uh, the Playdate? I like um, the dating, no, the, not dating, um, the schedule for the games. Um, it reminds me of the first uh, couple of months I had with Apple Arcade, where every week there were two new games uh, deployed there. Now it's slower and it's not as great as this, those first weeks, but yeah, uh, it was great at that time. And it really reminds me of that. I like it. Yeah, for sure. That's that's one of the great aspects of the play date, right? And. And that's right in the name, the, the date aspect of it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of Panic. I think they make incredible software. And I, I just, I have a soft spot for them in my heart because they're one of the only 
uh, Mac only outfits that, that are still going. So the moment that they announced that uh, they were going to make a, a console, a gaming console, and especially given that they're the guys that they're that, that are behind the uh, Untitled Goose Game and um, Firewatch, uh, I just I heard that and uh, I I was all in. I was ready to to press buy on on that first console, which ended up taking like a couple of years. And I think right, like since since they announced, it's been it's been a few years. But uh, yeah, I've been. I've been waiting for that. I'm just I'm I'm excited about the whole retro one bit uh really nostalgic aspect of it. Even though like I never had um any sort of gaming console, like all my all my gaming has been done on PC and I, like I didn't have a Game Boy, which is like the thing that everyone uh, would be feeling nostalgic about, but uh, I I kind of feel like secondhand nostalgia of that era like i really love the idea that you can make so much stuff with so little hardware and uh-huh. play that is just like a breeding ground for ideas so i'm I'm excited to see the quirky weird things that indie developers are going to be doing with with the play date without with those constraints that's just super exciting uh, so... and yeah uh, go ahead <laughs> The closest I had to um, like what Playdate is doing, the one-bit display and all that, was my Tamagotchi connection and some <laughs> Game & Watch like Nintendo Mini Classics, they were called. They were like some remakes of the Game & Watch. Yeah, I had those. And the thing about those displays is that they are really easy on the eye, kind of like e-paper. <laughs> and I'm a fan of that because you can um, play for a while without burning your retinas. And <laughs> that's, that's really cool to have um, when all devices are using OLED and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's great for like um, image quality and all of that, but for um, battery life and for <laughs> um, like uh, visibility, um, very bright areas. Uh, this kind of uh, displays are so good. Yeah, for sure. I, I do have a, like a Kindle, and looking at the at that display when it's like I don't know, it's maybe it's displaying an ad for for some sort of product because it's like the ad written version, and even the ad looks freaking amazing. It just it looks so so crisp. It looks really like paper, and I know that this is not quite the same technology is it's like an offshoot of that uh it's still led but like it's not illuminated and i don't know there's some weird stuff um, about it memory but, lcd is the term yeah okay cool uh but it, it seems like it's going to be that same sort of experience that same sort of i i'm looking at a thing that's like almost real like it, it kind of feels even more real than than the nutshell screen in a way <laughs> uh, it feels like part of the 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 real world or it yeah. feels like it doesn't have any edges on it which is pretty cool yeah um so um yeah what was i gonna say um, um oh right uh so uh, something else I like is how open it is. 
like it's not a platform where you have to submit everything for review and be a registered developer to make something for it and pay like um, a huge fee uh, to get a dev kit and all that, like on Nintendo Switch or Xbox. So I think that really incentivizes development. And we're also seeing like a renaissance of Game Boy, Game Boy Color games because of um, their, because now uh, there is so much documentation on those devices that basically anyone can build a game. Uh, there's one thing called uh, GB Studio where you can make some really basic Game Boy games and Playdate is going to have something like that, which is called Pulp. So you want to talk a little bit about Pulp or should I, or, or do, do you know about it uh, already? Yeah, of course. I, I heard about Pulp uh, a while ago. It seems really exciting. Uh, I, I really like that you could like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit. Like you can pull up as a, a web browser utility that allows you to make your own game with no coding required. So like what you see is what you get. And uh, it, like I haven't been able to get my hands on it. I don't think it's out of the uh, private beta still, but it looks super powerful for what it is, and it feels like. It's going to encourage that community sense of the playdate that like everyone can make a game, even if you don't know how to make a game, everyone can make a game. That I feel like that's super cool about it, and I'm I'm definitely excited to see the kinds of games that come out from like newcomers that never made a game before. That's that's definitely one of the beauties of of. Uh, such a limited device uh you don't like there's no way that you can get tangled up with 3d stuff or like weird weird math stuff that maybe you're not 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 ready for or, or even even coding can can be daunting for for a newcomer so it's it's really interesting i don't think i would make a game with pulp like i want to i want to try like i never made a game i'm a developer but i never made a game uh I don't know if I would want to make a game with Pulp just because because I am a developer and my my sensibilities are more like code oriented. Uh, I, like I might want to go uh, slightly deeper, like I'm not an expert, but like I would like to go slightly deeper and like look at the code and and writing myself. That that's how it feels to me to to make software. But I could definitely see it as a really interesting tool for newcomers to to play with or, or even if you don't have a, like the full game idea even if you know how to go maybe it's a great way to to figure out what you want to make and then like go into the sdk and actually make something even even bigger with it uh, i think that's that's really cool what, what do you think about pulp are you gonna make a game um probably um it you have to keep in mind it's a tool designed for very simple narrative games um it's like um what you see on Bitsy, which is another really similar tool we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, uh, with Pop, you're not gonna make like an on-rails shooter or anything like that, a super complex RPG, uh, tactical RPG or uh, any sort of weird genre. You're not gonna make a Souls-like with it, for example, no, no. or a Metroidvania, maybe a Metroidvania, maybe. Um, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, in terms of like get, getting the gameplay to feel crispy and crunchy, the anime, um, that's uh, something you really need um, some, at, at least one, one uh, coder for. Um, but if you want to tell a tiny story um, with some tiny sprites, um, you can totally do that with Polk. And that's really cool. Yeah, that that's definitely cool. I I don't want to get too much on the on the next topic, but uh, I, I've been checking out a few games on on made on uh, on Bitsy, and it's it's super nice to see all these super small stories being told by creators that are clearly like first time creators or like second time creators, and uh, yeah, they're they're just making some really interesting stuff and really interesting stories that. They're, they would probably wouldn't get like a triple A AAA budget or, or or like an even an, an A budget. <laughs> they would probably get no budget at all. So it's it's pretty incredible that you you can tell a, a really nice story. It's like it's like writing a a novel but in visual form in like game form. That that's super interesting to me. The crossover of genres there. Mm -hmm, definitely. So I just mentioned um, that, oh, God damn it, my ADHD, I forget things while I'm talking about them. Um, so I, oh yeah, I just mentioned the Game Boy games um, that are being developed with GB Studio. So someone um, is the, actually developing a Game Boy emulator for Playdate. Uh, let me search who that was. <laughs> Um, I think I had the name around here. Wait, wait, wait. I'm checking an old conversation mm -hmm. to look out for it. But, um, gosh. Yeah, oh, Nick McNear. So Nick McNear is developing the uh, Game Boy emulator for Playdate. And uh, we're talking about BTC and Pulp. But there's also another very similar tool called GB Studio for Game Boy games. It's slightly more powerful. But what this means is if someone develops a game on GB Studio, uh, it will also run on Playdate. So uh, you, re so the Game Boy kind of becomes like the universal uh, mobile gaming platform because you can you can develop a game for for Game Boy and it will run on everything. <laughs> so that, I think that's pretty cool. And that's kind of an unintended side effect of the Chibi Studio and the uh, Nick Magnier's um, emulator. Yeah, it will <laughs> bring Game Boy games um, to so many playdates and yeah, so many games to so many playdates. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. You, you hear about these gaming studios, like these huge AAA gaming studios making games for, I don't know, making Witcher 3, for example. And like uh -huh. all the work that's required to to port that game into something like even the Switch, which is freaking it's freaking powerful, but still not 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 nearly close enough to a PC. And you hear like, yeah, they spent, I don't know, a year working on on optimizing the code and making it portable to to the Switch. And and here you have people that are going to be making games on the Shibi Studio and they're going to be porting it to, to the Playdate on day one. And that's that's super exciting. That's just no barriers for anyone. That's that's amazing. 
Yeah, I think in terms of barrier, um, one of the only ones uh, I can see is the launch um, countries that are, um, yeah, it's not available everywhere. Um, it, there's a very uh, limited list of countries initially, unfortunately, um, because of shipping prices and some other issues. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of accessibility, um, it's not quite there yet. I hope in the future it is. But right now, unfortunately, it's like the Steam Deck. It's only copy, coming to a couple of countries, and that's it. So yeah, of course, uh, that's that's definitely a king to work out. But and and like I, I feel that myself. I'm I'm from Argentina, and mm. we're not on the on the launch list. But uh, I had the money down from from the first time that they announced that they were going to launch the played it like a couple of years ago so I, I just beat down the bullet and uh, like i'm gonna use a post forwarding shipping service and all, all that all that good stuff but uh yeah my, my hope is that uh in the future we'll get more and more countries i i have faith that panic is really doing the best they, that they can to to get it out and i don't think there's a play date two coming out anytime soon like I'm sure there's going to be one in the future if if like there is interest for it, but I'm sure that uh, this small play date is going to stay with us for a really long time, and uh, I really, really think that uh, given that there's going to be like it's not it's not completely a one-off, right? It's not it's not like okay you got like the, the one game one season of games and then you got to like I don't know play play day two. So I'm seeing it as uh, very likely that. Uh, We'll we'll talk again in in the time that they launch season two, and there's going to be a, a bunch of load of of other countries that are going to be able to to buy it. So that that would be exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm also hoping to get mine by season two. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, yeah, by season two, um, I think we'll start to cover the mainline playdate games, or well, at least. I'm st I'm gonna start covering them because that's probably when I'm getting mine. Right. Um, and yeah, the reason why is because um, of it, because of its distribution method. Like, not every game arrives to you the instant. Um, like, I can't I cannot say I'll just wait for the um, end of the season and then I'll have all the games at once. No, no, no. Like once you turn on your play date, uh, you start getting the games like every week. The schedule for you begins once you turn it on. So um, yeah, we'll be we'll probably be slightly delayed in terms of coverage for play date games because of that. Um, because we're likely not gonna be the first ones to receive it. There's some people that uh, pre-ordered it um, the first second it got announced. Um, <laughs> But yeah, once we do, we'll cover the, the games. And the ones we will probably cover on time are the ones made um, by Homebrew, uh, by the Homebrew community. Um, everything made in Pulp or in the Playdate simulator to, um, yeah, we'll play whatever is made on, in Pulp or that runs on the Playdate simulator. Uh, we'll just um, 
play the PDX files while uh, our playlist comes so that um, we can play the community games in the meantime, and then we'll play uh, the official titles. Uh, it's good that the simulator exists because otherwise it would be an accessibility nightmare uh, for the homebrew games. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll check that out uh, once it's time. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you can get like um, some of the, or a lot of the developers that uh, are making games for season one to, I don't know, drop you, drop you a Dropbox link to like a PDX file and let you try it on, on the simulator. <laughs> yeah, I was while. thinking about that. I was really thinking about that, but I don't want to get in a legal gray area with Playdate because Playdate provided the uh, financing for some of those titles. And <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. I, like you, you, you want to do it like uh, completely above board. Like you want to talk to uh, Playdate <laughs> as well. Like you want to talk to uh, Panic as well and make sure that they give you their consent. But I, I get a feeling that uh, for, for a media coverage, you can probably... You can probably swing that by panic. Like, don't don't quote on me. I'm I'm not I'm not a panic developer or employee or anything. But yeah, I feel like you could probably get that maybe rating on the permission slip. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something we'll probably have to work out in the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you updated on it. For sure, and yeah, that's that's like one of the one of the things that like. I didn't, I didn't love about about the play that uh, when when they off, on initially talked about it, it was going to be one game per week, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what. Like it doesn't matter if you have your play date on or not. And uh, I, I really understand why they did things the way that they did it. Like like right now you have to you have to activate your play date and then you start getting games one one by one so everyone gets the same experience of uh, discovering new games every week which is really nice uh, but it's also really bad in the sense that you don't get what I really was hoping to get from the playdate which is everyone gets the game at the same time so you get like the the tv season aspect of it like like the, the new episode drops and everyone's talking about it on the water cooler right and uh, yeah, that that's not great. But uh, I also understand that because there's there's shipping and manufacturing constraints, you wouldn't get the everyone's talking about it at the same time, anyways, because most people wouldn't have played it at the time. Uh, but that makes me just more and more hopeful for season two because that's when everyone's gonna like everyone that's gonna get a play date. It's gonna have a play date. And we're gonna be able to talk about new games as they drop. That that's gonna be like peak play date, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. By season two, we'll be covering it like together, like in sync. Uh, season one will be very delayed, probably. Um, so yeah, don't expect uh, like one bit wonders to cover uh, every play date game exactly when it comes out. Uh, We'll be delaying that by however uh, long it takes. Uh, but for season two, we'll try to be in sync as much as possible. Um, 
Yeah, so um, you want to say anything else about Playdate? Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot more to cover on, on the Playdate right now. It's just I'm so excited. I want to I want to get my hands on it as soon as possible. I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, I just I really love the the panic people. That they're, they're the only crazy maniacs that would try to pull something like this off in the middle of a pandemic, uh, let alone. So, yeah, um, I just, I'm really excited. I just, I'm, I'm here on this podcast because I just want to talk about it. Like, I want, I want to share the excitement with everyone. I hope everyone gets a play date. I hope they have back orders for like two years or something because they really, they really deserve the attention and, and, and the money, frankly, after all the work that they've they done. And I'm sure there's a lot of more work to, to come. So, yeah, uh, just kudos to Panic, basically. Well, technically, um, they are not trying to pull this off uh, in the middle of the pandemic. They were trying to pull this off five yeah, years ago. Fair. And fair, fair. it's just like, uh, they were like, oh, we'll have to launch it um, uh, soon. So uh, that, so when they say that, boom, uh, that's when the world goes uh, crazy. So <laughs> they, yeah. they have to work around that. But yeah, this thing was supposed to come a while ago. But uh, a delay is usually for the best uh, in, yeah, with for most sure. things. Uh, you don't want it to come like uh, half broken or anything like that, or like the firmware doesn't work. Um, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if you if you ship it broken, it's it's broken forever in everyone's mind, right? Like you, you don't get to you don't get to make us a, a first impression twice. So yeah. it's it's best to wait and let, make it like as good as it can be and. Uh, getting on on the hands of people working and, and being awesome for what it is right yeah and last thing oh yeah and speaking of playdate the last thing i wanted to mention was um i wanted to give a huge shout out to the playdate digest magazine it's being developed by gato or written like six eight zero uh, but it's gato cat uh, in english um <laughs> Yeah, they're developing a magazine for everything about Playdate. And also there's a tiny announcement for One Bit Wonders there. Um, so yeah, yes. we're doing a bit of cross promotion. So check out Playdate Digest uh, whenever it's out and wherever it's out. We'll tell you on our social media and on the podcast. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that that's super exciting. I hadn't heard about the, the Playdate magazine, but that sounds like right on, on the middle of my interests right now. So I'm sure I'll be checking that out soon. And I hope your, your listeners do as well. Yeah. So uh, I think it's time to move on to one bit tools where we'll Ooh. talk about uh, software um, made to design your own games, uh, cheap tune or art uh, in one bit. Um, so we'll just go over with Bitsy Game Maker. We've covered it briefly on the previous section. Uh, with Bitsy Game Maker, you can basically tell stories 
with one bit graphics, well, almost one bit, because <laughs> you can uh, use around three colors per scene. Um, but yeah, I think it's close enough to one bit uh, that, that, that we can totally cover it on this show. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely seems like you can probably call it one bit. And uh, even, even if not all games strictly use one bit color, there's a lot of games that actually do. I like you played a, a couple of them, so I definitely think it's it's a fit for for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so they basically allow you to do um, a lot of palettes as long as you keep it to three colors. However, there um, these limitations they are not written in stone since <laughs> there's a lot of Bitsy hacks. Um, a lot, like of course, right. come to increase the resolution of every little uh, pixel character. Um, some to add uh, extra functionality to BTC, and yeah, it's a really cool platform where people are making some really creative stuff. Uh, mostly on itch.io, that's where you'll find most BTC games. And yeah, it's a really passionate community that does some really creative little projects. Yeah, yeah. The the, the games that uh, that I played are all very very interesting and very deserving on their own on their own merits. Uh, and I find it super endearing that the fact that uh, uh, that uh, BTC formally forces you to to use a set number of colors because that's like the most arbitrary of restrictions that you could think of. Uh, but it, it just proves how much limitations make make up for like uh, a great part of creativity in, in people. Like for sure, you, you can get like million pil a million pixels and uh, thousands of colors and like the Ray most tracing. advanced graphics stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. like. It, that you can make some really interesting things with that, but there's also a, a place for for really really constrained uh, uh, environments that that just are a breeding ground for creativity, and you, you can do some incredible storytelling with with just a few colors and like a couple of pixels. Yeah. So another thing I really like about Bitsy is that you can basically play it on any modern device. I think you can even play it on a Raspberry Pi Zero if you really want to, <laughs> um, because it runs on HTML5 uh, technology, I think. So you can um, make games on the browser and play them on the browser. So yeah, you can try them on your mobile phone or anywhere. And a really cool use case I see for this, uh, this compatibility, and because of how simple the games are, like the, the animations, they are composed of two frames mostly. And <laughs> yeah, uh, like if you're using the basic settings um, and scenes are like very static for the most part. So I think this uh, makes a lot of sense to be played on a color ink tablet. Yes, <laughs> uh, because none of these games are like super action heavy and no. all of the scenes are like very static. It's like reading a children's book uh, with just a little moving character that goes uh, 
from one side of the scene to the other. Um, I think uh, that's, um, I'm actually getting a, a color e-ink tablet really soon. So uh, I kind of put two and two together and said, oh, um, this is a device where I could play so many Bitsy games and that's gonna be really cool. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a really, really amazing experience. Uh, I, I didn't, I tried to play on my phone. Maybe I was doing something wrong, but I, I couldn't get it to work on my iPhone, but I'm sure, I'm sure there, there's a way to, to make it run. Uh, but yeah, I, I was also attracted to the idea of like having a, a, a sort of portal device that you can just play this, these cute little games and uh, eating tablet, like color eating tablet sounds, sounds like it meets just, just the ticket, uh, having, having the ability to, to just see it there and on, on, on paper, basically, <laughs> it's like reading a book that that's, that's delightful. What, which, which tablet did you get? Uh, I, I didn't know they were making like commercial ink color tablets. I just, I knew they were like black and white ones, but never yeah, heard about Right now, uh, there's a Kickstarter for one called the Top Joy. And um, because it's like uh, early Kickstarter uh, offers, <laughs> it's on discount. So it's much cheaper than what you, right. you would find um, other tablets, which are going usually for like, Four hundred, five hundred dollars, but this one is going for like uh, one fifty to fifty <laughs> to ninety nine, uh, depending on the configuration you get. Um, which, yeah, it's much more uh, affordable than it's like uh, comparing the price of the Oculus Quest to the price of the right. uh, Valve Index. So, uh, yeah, I, I I'm getting that one, um, but. Uh, I think these kinds of screens are really underrated and another genre that they are really fit for are um, graphic novels. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you get um, just one character, one background, and changing text, uh, there's not much action. Um, I think uh, it's great for that. And also interactive fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, like things make with, made with twine uh, could be really great there. Um, like you can just um, tap your answer and you get text and you can play like that uh, all day without burning your retina. So I think um, that's a really cool use case that is not often mentioned, like the gaming capabilities of e <laughs> uh, which are like uh, much more limited than a Switch, for example. But uh, you can do some gaming on them. Also, puzzle games or like uh, chess. Yeah, <laughs> those fit really well uh, there as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm always a proponent of... Uh, single-use devices like it sounds really like i'm i'm saying like let's burn down the planet and like use a lot of plastic but really like if you if you find uh something that that you really like doing uh i'm i'm a fan of having a, a particular device for doing that that that, that actually suits the strengths and and the weakness of the medium and like for sure, like you wouldn't want, like I, I wouldn't want to read a, a book on on an iPad. Like I, I love my iPad, but there's there's no way that I'm reading a book on my iPad because it's just it's so bright and the battery like it's good, but it's not like a month. 
yeah so uh um yeah i'm always a fan like and the play it's just like it's it's that same thing right like you have like this little desk toy that that just gets new games every every week and that's that's all it does and like it's not it's not a general purpose computing device like uh it's it's great that our phones have become like this super powerful random uh machine that can do just just about anything that that you possibly want but uh, there's something to be said for devices that are made for a single purpose and they're they're just made for doing that purpose well and it's just exciting i don't know i'm actually the opposite with my devices i like to use them like they are chameleons like <laughs> you, like i have a 3ds and i and i instantly think can i use this as a text editor can i use this to play music can i use this for like <laughs> that's um or like can i do multitasking on this tiny screen <laughs> like i always try to go as far as i can with with every device and i try to push them as far as i can into directions that uh, weren't even thought of and <laughs> Yeah, I. So in that sense, yeah, I'm the complete opposite with my devices. <laughs> uh, I do um, crazy stuff like that they were never supposed to do. Like, can I install Linux on this thing? <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, like it's a valid uh, approach to like not uh, want to do everything on one thing. But yeah, I'm like, how far can I push this tiny little thing? <laughs> can I make it suffer? <laughs> yeah, that that's delightful. And uh, I, I definitely enjoyed like the YouTube videos of people trying to push their devices and make them do things that they're not supposed to do. Uh, it, it makes for really entertaining content. Uh, I've just, I'm not, I don't think that I would want to live my way, my life that way, just because. <laughs> I have things to do. Uh, I'm a busy person, but uh, uh, to each their own, right? Like, if that makes you happy, like, I wouldn't want, like, that. that's totally my thing. Like, I don't want to, to toil away with my devices all day. I just want them to work. Uh, but uh, if, if if it's like someone that likes playing with their their um, vintage car, right? Like, they're, they're toiling away at their, at their car on the weekends, like, uh, tweaking things and trying to get the best out of them if that's your thing and that's what makes you happy that's that's fantastic <laughs> that makes so for some really interesting content so you, you should share that probably yeah and i wonder if uh one day we'll start seeing like bitsy ports uh to the playdate because uh, <laughs> both platforms yeah they're very similar in terms of what they're trying to do um, and, well, like Pulp is basically Bitsy 2.0 for Playdate. Right. Um, so yeah, it has a bit more polish, but it's essentially um, a, like a very similar tool. So yeah, I do wonder if um, at one point um, someone's gonna uh, <laughs> port um, the code for um, and adapt the code of Bitsy to work on Playdate. That would be really cool because that would open a huge amount of uh, possibilities on the device. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I, that, that would be really nice to see. Uh, it makes me wonder, though, like in the sense of like the technical possibilities of doing such a thing, just because uh, because Bitsy is so HTML oriented, 
and yeah. I'm pretty sure the playlist's never gonna get a browser. <laughs> and, well, and just like writing a browser, is it going to write a browser? Am I, I'm wrong? <laughs> no, it has a music player. And oh. Yeah, it's called uh, Pulsuit. And that Pulsuit FM, um, I think it runs on a browser. So oh. I don't know if. Uh, That's interesting. That would... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet that uh, Panic were going to like spend. Uh, the open resources on uh, writing some sort of browser compatibility on on the playdate, but uh, maybe they did that. That would be amazing because that would make porting things to it super easy. I don't know exactly how it works or, or what parts of the um, page are mm -hmm. streamed into the playdate and which aren't, um, but well, for... I really want to see um, uh, how <laughs> yeah. far can we take this device. Like, um, probably not as far as a Nintendo Switch, of course. Oh, probably not. <laughs> like, you're not gonna be running Doom Eternal on it anytime soon. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, although uh, that, that would be kind of cool, right? Like, if someone <laughs> figures out a way to do, I, I don't know, maybe if it does do browser stuff, maybe you can do like uh, cloud Game streaming. streaming. <laughs> yeah. No, like Doom does run. Like the first Doom actually yeah. runs when we played it. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So yeah, I wonder if you can push it just a little further than that. I don't think it could run Quake, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> never you can probably ever, right? do some really cool things with it. And I'm I'm sure some math scientist uh, somewhere is gonna uh, pull up something crazy. Like I can see an RSS reader working fine on it. Oh yeah, like, that would be cool. Like the Pebble uh, did that. Uh, and speaking of Pebble, I think one of the engineers behind Pebble is actually uh, on Playdate. Uh, one of the coders or UI slash UX designers. I think that's why uh, the Playdate is so slick in terms of its animation and all that. Uh, if you've never seen a Pebble, uh, for some of those people in the audiences, uh, it's the smartwatch with the most charming little animations in the world. It's awesome. Like it's a, it's one of the cutest devices out there, and so is the Playdate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, the the Pell, uh, I never had one. Uh, I don't think I ever seen one in person, but uh, I'm all, I'm all for. <laughs> weird devices with like weird screens and charming constraints so the pebble always seemed like super interesting to me uh of course my apple watch does everything that the pebble did and more so um, i'm happy in terms of watch department i think uh <laughs> i think i'm still doing better than if i was wearing a pebble but there, there's a little part of me that uh, misses the charm that that i could have gotten if if I had a pebble, plus like the Nerkred, right? Like it, it, having the pebble should be like a, a huge badge of honor for any nerd. Yeah, and actually, someone got Pokemon on it. Like oh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, they did like a like a tiny little port where um, I think uh, the movement is weird because you only have uh, three um, buttons on the pebble, so I don't know exactly how movement works. I don't know if it's controlled by your wrist movement or something, uh, plus a button. I, I don't know, but the thing is you can get into Pokemon battles and start fighting. <laughs> uh, 
and walk around and stuff. So yeah, that's really, really cool that they did yeah. that. Yeah, like my, 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 I don't know, my 10 year old self would be <laughs> super excited if, if you told me that I can have uh, Pokemon on, on my wrist. That's just <laughs> so, so, so my, my, my 10 year old self, uh, <laughs> Ali, that would be fun, fun to have. Yeah, speaking of Pokemon in your wrist, uh, next week, no, next episode will, well, I don't know if, yeah, probably next episode, but I'm not sure because of, my schedule is weird, but um, <laughs> thing is, there is a Tamagotchi smartwatch, so you can actually have Tamagotchi <laughs> in your wrist now, and it's something that we'll definitely cover, at least a little bit at some point, but yeah, um, if you want to check out more about Bitsy, we'll leave some links in the description. And do you want to say um, anything else about it? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would like to like re reflect a little bit about the games that I played on, on, on Bitsy. Uh, I feel like most of the games were about, uh, I don't know, about isolation and nostalgia and and I wonder if it's because they were maybe all made on during the pandemic. Like, I don't know that for a fact, but I get a pandemic feeling from some of them. I know that one of them uh, has definitely been made during the pandemic. Uh, or, or if it's a, a, a thing of the medium, right? Like, it's, it's, it's the one big thing, a pure nostalgia trip. Like, is it causing creators to think on their youths and, like, make games about uh the past or or is it a, a like a, a thing of of the right now uh that i would definitely be interested in seeing what what happens with that in a few years when hopefully this whole thing is over uh but yeah i, I really i really enjoyed the the, the nostalgia trip that the, all these games took me and and a, a lot of them were like I played one, for example, that that was definitely based on the pandemic, and it was like um, a, a, a person's uh, isolation, uh, isolation apartment, basically, uh, and it was treated like it was a sort of spaceship in which uh, each time you left the room, you just came back to the same place, but a few days later, and it totally captured what it was to to self isolate and what it was to, to, I don't know, not be able to see the people that you care about. And I don't know, it was definitely a trip <laughs> in, in many, in many senses. Uh, I, I just, I want to see what, what comes out on, on the play date and what keeps popping up on Bitsy. Uh, there's definitely a space to watch for new creators. Yeah. And because, um, um, Bitsy, uh, is not make like, uh, with a programmer mindset um, uh, first. So, uh, many of the games there have um, feel like more something, like something that came from a writer or a yes. movie director. Yeah, but uh, in a very, very tiny resolution. Uh, <laughs> so that's um, actually pretty cool. And um, yeah, yeah, there are some very weird experiences like um they are um usually kind of trippy or melancholic because of that um so 
yeah it's if you're like experimental games or rt games like um, that's really a space to look into the bt community uh, there's a lot of um great uh, creators there um, making some very interesting games um outside of like the traditional genres I would say like the closest they come to are walking simulators, but um, <laughs> you have these um, top-down perspectives usually, so um, it it does have a different feel for like from Firewatch, for example, which is another panic game. <laughs> yeah. So, but but yeah, they do have some of that vibe. So yeah, if you like those um, games where you. Uh, walk around and meet quirky characters and <laughs> maybe see the sunset. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll have a lot of fun with, or maybe not fun, but you'll have... Um, An interesting time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, with BT games. Yeah, uh, I always say, like, I'm, I'm a narrative game player. Like, I, I like my books. Like, I like my games. Like, it's... I like uh, a game that's just a way to tell an interesting story and and with some cool mechanics that go with that. And feels like BTC is that taken to the extreme. It's like extremely narrative, really interesting, unique point of view stories uh, from these really small creators. Uh, if if uh, narrative games are your 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 cup of tea, uh, BTC is just. <laughs> A whole kettle. <laughs> yeah, and also um, not only if you wanna play those games, but if you wanna make that kind of games. Oh yeah. Uh, Bitsy is really easy to get into. Um, it's super straightforward, and uh, it has great documentation on how to do things. Uh, so yeah, you could probably do some really cool things with that tool if you had an idea in mind. I once was making a game, but the hard drive got uh, screwed over. So <laughs> that got deleted. I had some really cool environments, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I would have to remake it if I uh, wanted to um, retell that tiny story or oh, do it in it, a different medium. You I, I do totally. have the story. Like it's you should... just the sprites that got uh, you, you should totally do it. If if uh, my development or life experience says anything, is that the first time that you do something is never going to be the best uh, representation of that thing. So if you make it a second time, that's just going to be that much better. So it, it might have made you a favor by the, by crashing on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anything else you want to comment or should we move on to... Tell everyone where can they find us. Uh, well, I think we we can we can move on. Uh, you can, you can find me uh, on Twitter at underscore Matusevich, M A T U S E V I C H. And where yeah. people can find you, T. Oh yeah, uh, you can find me uh, by uh, on Twitter as well by mouth underscore cardiel uh, the first words um with um 
how do you know like um uh right again don't worry you got it okay so let me search on the dictionary because i forgot it um well just search for mau underscore cardiel m-a-u um i'll just put it in the description <laughs> so yeah you can just uh, click the link there and you can also find me on um, Instagram. This one is easier as tbeast underscore y2k. So yeah, there I post most of my visual art and also my poetry. Yeah, I have some of that there. Nice. And yeah, <laughs> we'll also uh, post this podcast on YouTube later. Uh, I'll do some editing for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thanks a lot for joining again uh, the links for everything we've talked about will be in the description and yeah hope you have a good time hearing us if you have anything to say contact us through twitter or uh, wherever you want to if you have our links of course and our discords but yeah i'll, I'll keep them private for now because <laughs> i don't want spam there <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you, but yeah you can contact me on twitter no problem sounds good uh talk to you soon t yeah um see ya bye-bye let's move on to one minute reviews our one minute review for today will be bleak sword a game developed by more 8-bit and published by devolver digital on apple arcade now this game truly is a Souls-like made for your pocket. It is designed to be played with one finger, but don't let that fool you. These combats are ruthless, but the pixel-perfect animation makes it all so crunchy when you strike that last hit on your enemy. And it's so rewarding and satisfying. Also, the art, uh, it's so gorgeous, like it's just one bit, but you know how beautiful it can look under a great art direction, which this game totally has. The gloomy environments, the snappy animations, it's all spot on. If you like this kind of game, you should really check out Bleak Sword. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it, and to finish off, Here's one of the greatest masterpieces of chiptune music, in my opinion, Lunaria by Danny Malkanen, featuring Emily Jansi. <laughs>